Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are talking about Thanksgiving, um, not only the holiday that is uh, fast approaching, but also the act of, of giving thanks to God. It's, of course, what the Thanksgiving holiday is all about. It's, it's not primarily about sitting around a, a dinner table, as, as glorious that is with family, as glorious that is, but it's about recognizing that God is the giver and sustainer and wise governor of all of his creatures and all of their actions. So today's theme... And it's very, you know, fitting because uh, it is still 2020. Is how to give thanks when it hurts. How do we give thanks to God when everything is going wrong? And that's actually not hard to imagine, is it? Uh, given this year, uh, so our our verse today is from Habakkuk three seventeen through nineteen. Habakkuk the prophet says this: Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail and yields and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. So brothers, before we talk about how to give thanks when it hurts, can you give us the significance of this statement within the context of Habakkuk's time? Why was this so significant for Habakkuk to say this? So Habakkuk is a prophet during a time of judgment on on the nation, and he is coming to God with certain complaints, in essence, criticizing God's work with his people, that God doesn't know what's best on how to govern over his his people. And it's a series of complaints that Habakkuk brings where you have his complaint, God's answer, his complaint, God's answer. And then this is kind of the resolution for Habakkuk, but I think for all of us as God's people, because at the end of the day, whether we like to admit it or not, there are moments in our life where we don't think that God is dealing with things correctly. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't come out and say that because we know we shouldn't. Um, sometimes in moments of pain and, and hurt, people will express that. I was with a family that was mourning the loss of a, a loved one yesterday, and at one point, one of, of, of the family members said, this is the third family member they've lost this year, and they, their expression was, this isn't fair. And one of the siblings turned and said, fair? I, I'm not sure that's the right word. But in the, in the, right in the middle of the hurt, the person was expressing really what was true in their heart was, I don't think God is dealing with me correctly. Right. And that's really, I love the honesty of Scripture. Habakkuk is coming before God and saying, I don't think you're doing a great job. Right. I don't think you're doing what you should be doing as God. Yeah. And lays it out. And God gently and, and forcefully 
says, okay, no, you, you're. Well, and he had a good argument. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Habakkuk yeah. did. Yes. Because Babylon was more wicked than mm-hmm. Judah was. Yes. And they were, you know, ravenous and abusers of people and idolaters and everything else. And what this captivity would mean was that they were going away from the, the promised land that mm-hmm. God gave them. And they already knew, I, I think they would have known that Jeremiah and the other prophets said 70 years. So they were going to be taken away from their land. Many of them would be killed or starved or whatever. And that's the future that Habakkuk's looking at. Yeah, they're looking at the oppressor is worse than me. Yep. But uh, the Bible also reminds us that judgment begins with the house of God. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, it, and those that the Lord loves, he disciplines. And this is this was something that, uh, that that's the context of it. And I, you know, Jer- Jeremiah, living in that same period of time, you know, and writes in Lamentations, but the Lord will not cast off forever. Um, but though he caused grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. He, uh, you know, this is that, this, you know, Lamentations is uh, that, that place where we get that wonderful hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Um, and, uh, and we take that from Lamentations uh, 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And so you know, when it hurts, you just remember, the Lord is my portion. Yeah. The, you know, I've been allotted the Lord, which is not only my portion now, but he's all my future too. That's right. Um, so that's where it comes back to. Uh, you can give thanks because you know that the Lord doesn't afflict forever. He, you know, he may he may use his judgments, he may use the circumstances just to simply draw you closer to himself. Yeah. So do you, do you think that's what Habakkuk is trying to teach us, um, is uh, giving thanks to God because he's our portion even when the future looks dark? Is that you, you guys think what the theme is here? Well, I think sometimes we're tempted to think that thankfulness is really connected to prosperity. Right that we give thanks when we personally attach value to those things that we possess. And if we perceive that we've been given a lot or had a lot of positive things, that then is when we're thankful. And I think Habakkuk is a good corrective to say, no, wait, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit Beyond the vines, the produce of the olives fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. What we have, what we possess, is the greatest good. Yes, mm-hmm. we always have God Himself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there is no joy that. No benefit, no blessing greater than that. Yeah. And we are so prone to take our eyes off what is absolutely the, the highest good and make our joy and our thankfulness reflect lesser things, earthly things. Yeah. Um, and and, and those, things, saying, those no. things fade. Those things fade. You know, it's like. <laughs> Um, you know, it won't be very long before our, our children are, and grandchildren will be looking forward to Christmas, and they'll be they'll get that gift that they wanted, and pretty soon, 
you know, in a week or two, they'll forget that they even received that. It'll be just like everything is going on just the same. You know, so we forget some of those things that we think that we needed at the time. You know, this, this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It's the exact same thing that you see through the other prophets. But this I call to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I this is my circumstances, but this I'm going to call to to mind. You know, I'll take joy in God, the God of my salvation. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness. God, the Lord, is my strength. He will make my feet like the deer. He he makes me tread on high places. What is he? He just he he buoys my heart. You know, there's a there's a there's a sense in which you know there's a there's a joy that can come in our circumstances that buoys our heart. There's a you know I don't I, I sometimes I would like to ask you know when you're when I'm riding along uh, to um, you know the graveside with the funeral director, how often do you hear laughter taking place? Here, because there is a joy of uh, you know the uh, the remembrance of the good things that God has given to us that begin to buoy our heart, and particularly uh, the joy of knowing um, that we are His, that He's yeah. our salvation, He's our strength. That's right, and I think so. So we we talked a little bit about Habakkuk circumstances. Let's talk about ours now. It's twenty twenty. Uh, this year didn't begin too dark, uh, but then COVID came in. All of us are experiencing something that we've never experienced in our lifetimes, probably never will again. Um, we have we have had riots. We've had uh, racial divisions within the country. Uh, many of our churches are are dividing over the question of, of masks and social distancing. Uh, we just had an election. Um, things, from from my perspective. See, things seem pretty dark. Um, and that's what Habakkuk was fearing was the future, right? And um, what, would you, what would you counsel somebody in your congregation? But, but all of us have people that, are, that tend to be a little bit more pessimistic of, about the future. How would you counsel them in light of this passage to be thankful to God? What would you say? I mean, I, I think this, the struggle for joy and peace and thankfulness is real. I think Psalm 73 gives us a picture of that struggle of so often we live with our eyes on the wrong place or on the wrong thing. Um, and what I would say is the solution for the the one that was beaten down and discouraged and, and um, almost angry in Psalm 73 was to be with God's people and to be reminded of who God is and what we possess in Christ. And I, I actually think that's one of the primary purposes of corporate worship yeah. is um, on a human level is to remind us of who we are in Christ and what we possess in Christ and who we have the great opportunity to know and to worship and to serve. And so we there's this mutual encouragement that comes from gathering as God's people in God's house. And so this is why, even in the midst of all of the things that are going on with COVID, this is why we feel strongly about corporate worship. Yes. Well, there's a turning point in Psalm 73 where he actually says, so I I experienced all this negative stuff. Then he said, but then I went into the sanctuary and then I understood. Mm -hmm. Like there was like a light bulb moment, a spiritual light bulb moment. And part of what he understood was... 
that what he had was God. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And when we get that flipped, then we get in trouble. And sometimes we just need somebody to nudge us and remind us, wait, do you still have God? Well, not sometimes, all the time. We need it all the time. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why God gave us the Lord's Day every week. Yeah. I mean, he's talking mm-hmm. about corporate worship in the sanctuary, you know, on Sabbath when when, yep. he, when he's talking about that. And that's, thank God that the Lord's Day is only six days apart every week. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, by about day one or day two, I'm like, oh man, this world is so dreary. And then mm-hmm. coming back into the sanctuary again. I mean, we had such a blessed time this last week. Our numbers were, were pretty light this last week, but we were singing the songs of the Lord. That's another mm-hmm. aspect of spiritual warfare because you're mm-hmm. you're giving proclamation to, to poetry and music of, of thanking God. And it was so powerful. You can't do that by yourself. There, there's a, a passage at the end of, of the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah 12, where they are celebrating uh, all of these things. And it's fascinating. If you go through Nehemiah 12, what you'll find is the words thanksgiving, song, rejoice, joy are the dominant things. And what they've done is they've set up two choirs opposite each other. And it's the idea that God's work is worthy of worship, and we worship in song, um, singing of the marvelous works of God, rejoicing in, enjoying in what God has done on behalf of his people. Um, And I I think we just need to be reminded of how important that is as part of corporate worship, part of our life, to remember to rejoice in God with, with song. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 